So this is a unique episode of the BNC, the first time we've ever recorded during an actual game. We are watching uh, the Mavericks game uh, live and recording this simultaneously. So we decided, uh, I had some some little, little gimmicks here and there we were going to do. James just had the better idea of being like, instead of putting too much brain power into this episode, why don't we just do a mailbag? I feel like every other week, you know, we'll kind of bring these up and I think it's uh appropriate because really every few weeks there's sort of these new storylines that sort of emerge with the pistons this season um and it's always fun to sort of uh get out and address them sort of tackle uh, a 60 minute segment and talk about them so james uh let's jump right into this um i'm pulling up the questions right now i haven't actually seen who said it yet because i'm trying to find it so let me just say it first this is going to be a great exercise for me in focus because um this game is a good game so far. I was hoping for the sake of our podcast it wouldn't be, and I could kind of just go back and forth, but the Pistons are up seven. Um, I'm sh- placed in a weird way in which I can watch this and still make sure I'm giving my co-host attention and, and looking at you, making eye contact with you like you're my girlfriend or something just so you don't feel left out. But I also have to tweet, and I can't tweet from my computer because we're Ooh. looking at each other, so I'm going to have to do phone and yeah. this i don't have the volume on because it would mess up so this is going to be interesting um this is this is a very scuffed setup that james has here yeah it's, the, it's going to be rough you because you tweet during our show all the time and it always blows me away that you do it so seamlessly so this first question it is topical it's sort of been honestly well it's been the main source of discussion for pistons twitter today from Cade lambier do y'all still hate the beef stew nickname or has it grown on you guys either way it's definitive Listen, the Pistons send out the tweet this morning. Jeremy Grant's wearing like the Campbell's label beef stew T-shirt. And we sending everyone into a frenzy. Where do I find this shirt? Is it purchasable? Yeah, Jeremy's, uh, with, Jeremy's had some heat for the Within for the next the 60 base. minutes, it was up and it was we could buy it. Sold out in less than 10 minutes. I believe now you can still pre-order it. Uh, James, I'm going to be honest here. So I tweeted... Uh, soon after that, after Isaiah himself was wearing a beef stew shirt, I said, Pistons Twitter, you guys are incredible. You did this. And I was important. It was important to me to emphasize you, not we. I did not make this beef stew thing happen. I have been a noted slanderer of the nickname. I, James, you have been yourself. Where I, are you on it now? I was trying to think, did I? I obviously was a, I, I, did, I wasn't for it. I didn't like it. But was I the one that? I was trying to think back earlier today as as Isaiah has more publicly embraced it and he loves the nickname because it's the name. Nicknames are given to you, and that one was given to him by the Detroit fan base. But was I the one that – I can't remember if I put out a tweet like what should his nickname be and that's how it manifested. And I – is does that sound right? I don't want to give myself – does that, that's not how it happened. All right, what happened? No, somebody actually sent us a tweet. I do not have it in front of me. Somebody sent us a tweet from November 21st of them asking if Beef Stew was a good nickname. For That's them. right. So we're gonna give we're gonna give them the credit. That's right. Um, I you and I had tried to sort of what did we come up with for Isaiah like the table maker or no we came up with the chimney. Yeah, Mister Sm- Mister Smoke because he wants all the yeah. smoke. Mister Chimney. Yeah. And I thought and he's built like a brick. Yeah. 
built like a, and then we said Sadiq Bay was built like a shifarobe. Yeah, that was because we were going down this list of inanimate objects. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't like the nick. I still don't like the nickname. No. And, you, and then people ask, well, what are you gonna call him? I'm gonna call him Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, name. I've I've, I been, I've embraced it. Like I'll tweet out beef stew. It is what it is. I'll concede to the people. Um, that's his nickname. It's it's full blown now at this point. I don't like it. I still think of a, a 480 pound ginger guard from uh, Lake Odessa, but mm. it is uh, it works. He likes it. I'm trying to think. What was the school that you said before? The one in northern Michigan. It's going to drive. Uh, uh, I think Saban gonna... just got his yam. I think Saban just yammed. Did he? I am going to be honest. Killian's not playing. I'm not watching because I want to focus on the show. Um, speaking of the nickname, there is a tragic misuse of a made-up nickname for Isaiah Stewart that happens on the Bally Sports Detroit, Bally, whatever, the broadcast every single night. I stew. So the question here comes from Isaiah Stewart versus everybody. What gets fixed first? Hinkle's squeaky desk or the Pistons broadcast use of I stew? <laughs> Probably the latter. Um, I don't notice the desk anymore. Do you not? Everybody else does because people will DM me about it every every Monday and Thursday. People, uh, people will say something about it. Uh, this one comes to us from Pistons Talk. Are we still doing the custom BNC uh, T-shirt thing? Yes. This summer. Yes, the, the this summer it's coming. What is the likelihood from Ethan Carroll? What is the likelihood? Of the Pistons moving on from Josh Jackson this offseason. Now, this would presumably have to be via trade. You look at what Detroit has accumulated in this upcoming draft. They have a first-round pick. They have two or three seconds. It's just three. two, right? They have, it is three. They have uh, Charlotte's via New York from the D. Rose trade. Um, they have the Toronto the one, Toronto one and the Lakers one from the... the Corey Joseph deal. Corey Joseph trade, yes. Okay, I, that's right. I was thinking one of them was for next year, which probably would have been smarter. But you get what you get. So I'm going to assume, I'm going to say this, James. You can you can chime in after. Here's what I think. If Josh Jackson's going to get moved, it's probably going to be for future capital, not for the 2021 uh, draft, because that would be silly to have five draft picks inside of a single draft because you're not going to use all of them. Yeah, I don't think Josh gets tra- traded. Not not during the summer. Uh, maybe if things don't go well next season, he's an expiring. Um, then I could see it happening. I'd be very surprised if it happened this summer. Yeah, I I don't know that there's any reason to. I don't know. I think if you were going to sell on him, I think you could probably could have maybe sold high already a little bit this year. But I think you're just rolling the dice next year. You're in no rush. I don't. He doesn't add anything to this team or take away anything from this team rather. Um, that they're not already trying to achieve. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, and he's been, I mean, he shows, I'm critical of Josh because I think there's a level that he can get to that simply all he has to do is just makes better decisions. Like I think there's mm-hmm. a level he could get to. I don't, and I wonder at this point if he can uh, make those decisions and get to that point. But there are enough flashes that like make you think that, Josh is worth hanging around and that there's another sure. level he can go to. So I don't – it would have to be crowded on that wing spot and he's just not developing and progressing um, or it would just have to be like an offer they can't turn down, which I just – I don't think they get an offer like that for Josh. 
they're not rolling out a Godfather offer for Josh Jackson. Right. You're exactly right. Um, this is a strong question that I don't. I don't know. This is a, this is a really fun question from Evan. Who is one player from the current roster that you expect to take the biggest step going into next year? He adds, I consider it cheating if you choose Seku, but I'll understand. Now, just so I can be clear, I'm assuming that it's cheating because the bar is on the floor, is the, and so it's easy to say that he'll probably take the biggest. I'm going to I'm gonna throw this out there. I don't know if this is a hot take. I don't know. Yeah. But I think I have some pretty strong rationale to follow it. The player that I think is probably going to take maybe the biggest step next season, I'm going to say Jeremy Grant. The reason Ooh. for that is, the reason for that, and we've talked about it a little bit on this show, I think it was back when we, the reports were coming out vi- via you, actually, that the Celtics reportedly offered multiple first-round picks for Jeremy Grant. And you think, well, are you selling high on him at that point? You know, what's the what's the rationale here? You know, could that, could that go to another level? Because we didn't actually believe that Jeremy had this season in the tank, right? We yeah. didn't think that he could be that guy. And he proved us wrong. So it kind of makes you think, well, what else is there? What other gear is there for Jeremy Grant? Additionally, and I think this is the main point, I texted my brother about this the other day. It's something that we talk about almost enough. It's We, we stop short of the point that we should be getting to, but nobody, nobody really says this. I said it's wild to me that Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee played in the Western Conference Finals last season. We have two guys who were playing in the Western Conference Finals. It's important. To, to note this because we talk about Jeremy's legs maybe kind of wearing out on him this season because he's, you know, having to be the guy for the first time in his in his career, you know, putting up over 20 a game, scoring 20 in what, like 15 or 16 consecutive games yeah. uh, early on in the season. I think it's also important to note that this guy was playing in September, yeah. right? And I think even into October, and then he had to run it back it, starting in December in a completely new role. It would be one thing if he was that, you know, that fourth, fifth guy again, but he is the number one option for Detroit now by a large margin. And so that that's been wearing on him. So now we go, okay, he's gonna be he's gonna be wrapping up in May. He'll run it back. I don't know, if they if they want to start in November or maybe it's December again, who knows? We'll see. I think they I think they get back on track next year. Maybe like a so week we'll later than normal. Like I think they maybe start around Halloween. So it's okay. So we'll just say early November. We'll just yeah. tentatively we'll say early November. Um, that's more sort of the like we're like you just said the traditional sort of an off season. I, like, I don't know if he's going to try to play for Team USA or what's going on with that. But um, yeah, I'd be surprised stands, if he got picked. As it stands, I feel like he actually might be the most equipped to break out again next season. I love your passion with that answer. I love the. Um, the amount of detail you went in with that answer. I love the long stare you're giving me wondering what I'm going to say next. I'm just going to go with Killian. Um, you're not wrong. Who struggled to start, injured, came back and has looked better, and mm-hmm. now knows what he needs to work on. I, I just think he'll go from a guy that averages like four points and three assists to like ten points and six assists or something six like assists. that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I um. I, I think that's more fun. I think that's a more fun answer. Yeah. I, I don't think people – this is a sort of uh, it, it dialogue I've been having with myself this week is I, I wonder how quick Pistons fans are going to turn on Jeremy. And I don't mean turn on him in the way that they did with Reggie, but I mean in the sense that they're kind of like – I okay, think they already kind of have, to be honest. 100%. And where I was going to go with that is I think that is going to happen next season. I mentioned on the last episode that this sort of honeymoon phase that we're in with Detroit right now where it's kind of cute, go out there, play, do whatever you want, we don't really care. 
Um, that's going to wear off a little bit next season. And I think it's especially going to hit with Jeremy when you have this guy who is as ball dominant as he is. And you have, you know, whether it's Jalen Green or any of these top five guys, I think people are just going to want to put the ball in their hands or Killian's hands or Sadiq's hands or Isaiah's hands yes. or whoever we, you know, anybody else. Like, and this is another thing to, to point out. We don't talk about this enough. We are drafting outside of the top five. I know that we mentioned it, um, it, it literally just five minutes ago, but like we do have other draft picks. So those are going to be guys that Pistons fans maybe put some irrational stock in the way that we did with Jordan bone, uh, the way that we did. <laughs> I'm blank. I'm blanking on, on other guys' names, but, Davidus um, or Vitas. Yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying yeah. though. So this I it's people are going to get really tired of Jeremy Grant really quick, and that's just not fair because he's very quickly not going to be the shiny new toy anymore. And that's really disappointing. And I don't think it's necessarily that he I think it was what you were saying earlier. Like he's in a weird position where he's a really good player surrounded by youngsters at a time when the Pistons fans are finally getting their fix of young basketball. And I think there's a way in which Jeremy doesn't necessarily get, um, I don't know, the outcast. I think if they land a top five pick and Jeremy plays well, like I think people are happy as long as they land a top five pick. But if they land like the seventh or eighth pick and Jeremy's balling out to start next year, people are still going to be like, we need to, we need to tank. We need to, we, mm. we need to get a Monty Bates or whoever's, you know what I mean? I just think – the situation could save it because if they get Cade next year, they're going to try to make the playoffs. Like they're not going to make it, but they're going to try because the foundation is set. So I think people will have a little more leeway, but if they end up picking like seventh and the guy they gets like a developmental guy and people are like, Oh, we need to, we need to rebuild one more year. Then I think you're going to start seeing some irritation with Jeremy because he's playing well, which is dumb. Sure. Oh, to, 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 and literally any, everybody's gripe with Jeremy is that he's playing well. That's the gripe. Yeah. Which, by the way, Mike goddamn Valeni. We're, we're, not, we're not doing that. You're talking about the Frank Jackson t- tank, you tweet, uh, take you tweeted about? Yeah, we're mm. not going to talk about so that. So this one comes to us from Detroit Dan. That's just not realistic to expect. He's a two-way guy, man. Go ahead. How do you see Jeremy Grant's role shaping up as the young guys improve and evolve into next season? It's topical because this is what we were just talking about. I wonder if you sort of see the burden for him lessen a little bit, and it's obviously going to be heavily contingent on who we end up drafting. If it's somebody who I, – I don't know that many of the – I don't know because a guy like Jalen Green, he's going to take the ball out of Jeremy's hands. A guy like Cade obviously will. Um, thoughts on that? Like – do you sort of expect to see him drop from, I don't know, instead of 22 a game to maybe 18? Um, I just think it would have to be somebody like Cade or a Green or a, a, a Suggs. Like, I, I think Killian's ready to take on a bigger load next year, but I still don't think he's like your 1B one, your one to your 1A. Sure. It just depends on who they get. I don't I – don't, maybe Sadiq continues to grow as a creator putting the ball on the floor and you see the 1a 1b there I just yeah it, it just really comes down to who they're able to get or how the young guys grow but for now as I see it I still think Jeremy's gonna have to play a similar role as he is mm-hmm. this year next year for them to like be competitive and then you can trade him once Amani gets here so 
who is one player? Wait, I'm sorry. I just read that one. I meant to read the next one. From Steve Cook. Aside from Sadiq Bey, does Beef Stew, sorry, does Isaiah Stewart have the best jumper on the team? No. Interesting interesting point. I don't think he does because Wayne still has a pulse. I And I Frank might, Jackson. I was going to say, I might put Frank Jackson up there too. But Isaiah's um, fourth. Fourth. Oh, okay. You don't like Jeremy's. Oh, he's fifth. He just hasn't shot what? him enough. You like uh, Davion Mitchell's mechanics? I think he's I think he's solid. Uh, I dove into his film earlier this week. I like him. He could be like today, the flash in the I'm pan, asking. like the guy who boosts his stock in the tournament and it doesn't. He gets everybody. He gets all the, gets the hype train going and doesn't. I like him. Um, I don't know if I love him, but he's. I like him. I have to do a little bit more. Um, yeah, I would put him fourth or fifth simply because he doesn't shoot enough of them, and yeah, Wayne and. Wayne has a pulse, and Frank has a pulse, and yeah. Sadiq has a pulse, and Jeremy shoots the most difficult of threes off the dribble. More like he's shooting a good three point percentage, not just spot ups. Like he's off the dribble and everything. Sure. Um, just on the, I made the joke about trading Jeremy Grant once Simona gets here. Is Jeremy more or less valuable than Drew Holiday was when he was traded last off season? And would you consider trading him for a similar package? Now I don't know that you can really correlate the two. But if somebody – listen, I, I, people often talk about this Drew Holiday, and I'm not going to get into it very much, but people There's often a, talk about this. I'm surprised by how many Jeremy questions there are. People I, – I really love and respect and value our listeners because there are some really strong questions yeah. today. There are some very good ones that we're going to get to, and we've already asked. Um, people often talk about this Drew Holiday, King's Ransom thing, and you, you they try to quantify it and look at other point guards and – and how they may fare the same uh, or lesser in a similar – in terms of their trade value. On the open market, well, if Drew Holiday gets you this, then player X has to at least get you this. No, 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 no. Because wherever player X in your head is getting traded, I promise you that they don't have a Giannis that might potentially leave in nine months, right? So that King's Ransom is why Drew Holiday was worth what he was. That's it. So, it, in okay, am I trading Jeremy Grant for five picks and, like, two swaps? Yeah. I'd do that today. But maybe not because it's Milwaukee and they're going to be picking that's probably 25 a little to 30. Too much. Yeah, that's too, I would say that's too much. I think Boston's offer of two to three firsts, all of which were late lottery in the 20s, is, like, the most you would get, I think, for Jeremy. Well, and that's what I'm saying is it's because I don't think you're going to get that similar drew holiday offer because of what the circumstances were i don't know that there's any player in the league like if luca was leaving tomorrow and the mavs had to do something drastic i don't even think the mavs would give up that drew holiday package for a guy like jeremy grant he's just not really in the same ballpark i would also Um, yeah i would also say just the track record i still think jeremy's another season of or season and a half of needing to do this for everybody to believe it that's a really good point too um this one comes with from luke LJ underscore six. I need more Killian content. I don't care what it is or what you talk about, but all I know is I need more Killian. Here's one, James. I got. Was one. that his question? That's his question. Just wants us to talk about Killian. I got a little. I got something here because you and Dwayne, not you and Dwayne exclusively. Dwayne gave us a little nugget. Yeah. Uh, before the game, and I wanted to talk to you about. It. I almost almost replied to your tweet, and I was like, oh, "We're going to be recording the show in 45 minutes." You did. Kate season. Uh, not that. I was going to say what I'm about oh. to say. I'm I ne- I seldom want to be the contrarian. I don't want to be the guy who's like, no, 
that he didn't say that. I'm going to – Killian playing the two guard is what Dwayne said. He sees that in his future. I'm going to say this on the record. I think Dwayne Casey's lying, even though he has no reason to lie. I don't believe that for a second. So I need you. It's ledge talk with James Edwards III. Talk me off this ledge that Dwayne Casey's lying. Why and how does he see Killian Hayes as a two guard? I don't think he's lying. I think he's setting similar to the Isaiah Stewart talk where he could play the four. I think it's prepping for the possibility of another lead guard coming in via draft. Um, I think they like Killian as somebody who can grow into – I think they really believe in his three-point shot and he can grow into it. I don't think they see him as – you also have to remember Dwayne's offense with the two-guard system – it's not like a two guard. Like he's not your traditional Kyle Corver. Like it's a lot of sure. alternating pick and rolls. I just think that he I don't know if he foresees Killian as the best possible initiator of offense that they could get. And I think he wants that lead guard, that point guard player to be the lead initiator of offense. And I think they want to get Killian moving, uh curls, baseline runs, just get him moving, catching the ball, and then getting able to attack. I think I think that's how they see it. So, um, again, I think if they end up with Evan Mobley, Killian Hayes is the point guard. If they end up with Jalen Green, Killian Hayes is the point guard. Um, I just think it was setting up for the possibility of a of a Cade slash Suggs uh, poss- uh, outcome in the draft. Sure. You mentioned, I think it was in February, uh, Killian had not come back yet, and you – it's funny, I was just recently uh, listening to this because I was trying to find a different clip, but I found this. You had talked about how it's going to be incredibly valuable for Killian moving forward to sort of be positionally fluid. But I think that you can say that about pretty much any player in the league because positions are becoming – it's a, an increasingly positionless league. So the more versatile that you are, it's going to benefit you. Yeah. I would say naturally it comes easier to a guy like Isaiah Stewart um, I don't know if, if it's what you noted was important that it's not a traditional Killian wouldn't be playing a traditional two quote unquote. But um, I just think this pass first sort of guy, it's just I just feel like then you're just doing the reverse Frank Jackson where you think he's a point guard and he's actually not. He's actually a shooting guard. I think Killian is a point guard. I don't know that you should try to muddy mud, muddy the water there. Is that how you say that? Yeah. This one comes to and us. He used to talk. The... Killian's talked about how he played two overseas. So like he when I remember okay. during the draft. Somebody asked him, "Is he a one or a two? He's like, "I can play both. I played both. I played the two in France before I went to Germany." He said he played some in Germany to start. So, I mean, at the end of the day, for him to reach his full potential, he's got to be able to shoot the three ball anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, that's just that's just got to happen. He's got to he's got to get that in his bag. There we go. There's our killing talk for the episode. We'll probably get back to it. Uh, from the Beef Stew Fan Club, shout we haven't to, shouted shout them out, out in a while. Beef Stew Fan Club. Yep. Uh, aside from Isaiah Stewart on brand by the way for obvious reasons who do you think is the most important player for the future or are they not on the team yet very important stipulation at the end because that is my answer i do not think they are on the team yet but if we have to pick from guys that are on the roster right now i know like all memes aside besides isaiah stewart i think it actually might be isaiah stewart i would say sadiq bay though i would say killian you think so a lead guard who can pass and defend and the one thing that's missing is the scoring. If he can add the scoring, then you're talking about a – I mean, you're talking about an all-star point guard. And this is a point guard league. Um, yeah, I, I think Killian being able to be Mike Conley slash Goran Dragic opens up a lot of doors and possibilities for this team. 
can Killian turn into Drew Holiday, that two-way guard? Possibly. I like you like that. Possibly, he's. Uh, I mean, the defensive chops are there already. Um, Drew's a good scorer, not a great scorer. I think Drew's a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killian's got good size, but Drew's. I mean, you, I remember Bruce used to tell me Drew's the, heart, the the strongest guy he's ever guarded. Yeah, um, absolutely. I can see a little similarity there. Yeah. The reason I like Isaiah Stewart as the pick, um, and also I said Sadiq. I, first of all, I don't think that you're wrong. I don't think anything you said about Killian is wrong. I say all the time that wings win championships. That's Sadiq Bay. Isaiah Stewart. You look at all of the dominant guys of the league. They are pretty big and pretty physical, yeah. whether it's Anthony Davis or Jokic, or I wouldn't necessarily Embiid. say Luka, but LeBron, Embiid, Giannis. And I think that you always need somebody on your team who can D them up. I think right now for us that is actually Jeremy Grant. Um, yeah, well, some of those guys, yeah. Stewart um, would be, like Embiid and Jokic would be Stewart. Sure. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I just like Isaiah Stewart in that spot. Uh, James, you're a wrestling fan. I am. Who was your favorite wrestler growing up, and do you have any memories from any live shows you went to as a kid? Um, for WCW, I like guys with the mask and the mystery. So Sting, um, when he went to the black and white, red and black, the Crow era Sting for WCW, and then WWF was Kane. Um, I went to, I think it was 2000 or 2001 Vengeance, a pay-per-view. Uh, I think the triple threat match between The Rock, Chris Jericho, and Kurt Angle. Mm. Um, I've been to a WCW event. But, yeah, the the WWF Vengeance pay-per-view is the one I remember the most. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I wish I – And The Rock. I I mean, I love The Rock. Like, The Rock is the greatest wrestling – wrestler of all time to me. It's not even close. This one comes to us from Ari Wagner. Now, we actually have talked about this, I believe. Shout out to Stone Cold, too. I have to, what I have was, to, sh- I have to show respect. Sorry, go ahead. What was his beer? What was it? Did he have like a specific one, or was it whatever was around? That's a good question. I think it was Coors. Ooh, good man. Um, Actually, it might have been Budweiser. I don't remember. We've talked about this on two different occasions on this show. From Ari Wagner, is Jalen Green the best fit, even if he may not be the best available? Kate is the yes, best if fit. Right. If you're drafting three, I'm assuming Mobley and, and Cade are gone. So if it comes down to those other three, this is what you and I have, have. You disagreed with me once, and then the next time we did it, you agreed with me. So I don't actually know where you are. But if you pick third, Jalen Green is the is the answer. I do not think it should be much of a discussion. Um, I don't have anything else to add to that because we've talked about it a few times. If you have anything else, go ahead. If you want me to read another question, I can. I think Cade is the best fit because that's the guy you're building your franchise around you move around the pieces if you get him so that's the best fit and then if you're going like literal best fit yeah Jalen green absolutely um this one comes to us from Derek brooks i think i actually i think he asked this the other day and i replied to him and said why we can't do it but he asked it again maybe i didn't and i'm making up in my head uh james pistons land the sixth pick i want the pistons to get aggressive and move into the top three Please have Nick, the Pistons GM, send you some offers to see what you'd accept or decline. Pretty much, what would trade-ups look like if we're outside the top five? Brother, I am going to be honest with you. If you are picking sixth, you might have the assets to trade up to five. I, you, you are bleeding if you trade to four, and I don't even think you can do that. If you can go anywhere, I think it's five, and that's it. I don't think anything else would be worth it, because picking sixth wouldn't be the end of the world. It would be really frustrating but you can get some pretty quality guys there, and I would rather roll the dice on those than spend future assets on Jonathan Kaminga. 
That might have been the greatest answer you've given on this podcast. I I think you would have to – I agree. I think it's going to be really hard to get into three. Um, I think two and one are going to be impossible um, unless you're, like, ready to give up, like, a – Sam Presti's the only one who has the assets to do that. That's that's the end of it. Yeah, and even then I still think it's, like, iffy just because Mm -hmm. Cade's that dude. Um, Suggs is nice. Mobley's that dude. So – yeah, I, I just I don't. The Pistons would have if I'm picking three, two, or one. There is nothing the Pistons could offer me for me to do it. To answer his question. Yeah, I just listen. I would like I said. I would. Scotty Barnes isn't a bad consolation. Neither is Moses Moody. Neither I don't. Not a. I don't know. Dave uh, Davion Mitchell is growing on me, but like you said earlier, I do think that he is sort of one of those. Uh, he played a really good tournament, and that's why his stock's going up. Which I'm, that's not a. I'm, that's not a. Slight, no, like by he's the way. been one of the like bulldog. He's been a bulldog all season leading into the tournament. I just I wonder about the scoring. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I need to dive in a little bit more than I have. You, I think, are a little bit better. Um, on the sort of finances of maybe what guys traditionally in certain archetypes get paid around the league than I am. Um, we've made jokes about it before, but uh, with with how bad I am uh, at it, I mean. From the Teal Crusader, max contract you'd be willing to give Frank and Diallo this offseason? Any any idea, any Diallo, gauge as to... Diallo, three for 33. Okay. Frank, three for nine. You know what? I like Frank so much. Three for twelve, as treat, maybe. As a treat, I'm gonna give him the extra three. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. Have the have the have the twelve million, Frank. Yeah. I'll give him that. Um, I'd give Frank Jackson the mid level. I said it. I won't run from it. Frank Jackson, you can have the full mid level. Look at this. You can have the biannual too. It's just you can have both. I mean, your love for Frank Jack Jackson has grown week by week, day by day. He's great. I really really enjoy. He him. hit a three just um, a second ago, and I wanted to yell it, but you were in the middle of a good point, so I let you go. Oh, was it the one about me talking about trading up? No, it was it was it was, oh, okay. it was a few questions ago. Um, from Matthew Adrian, if the Pistons were trying to maximize their chance to win every game with the current roster, how many shots per game would you like to see Sadiq take? Also, which player is getting the most love from fans in the arena so far? I'm really interested in the second part of that. Uh, the first part of that, I'll say, um, how many shots do I want Sadiq to take? Uh. Sadiq 16. should be shooting 10 shots a game. I'm going to say 16. I, oh, minimum. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought you were just going to say cut it at 10. I was like, that seems a little bit. No. After what he did the other night, break it an NBA record, yeah. franchise 10 record? 10 shots minimum a game. The old the old gotcha. Luke Kennard. Look at you. Look what people you. wanted Luke to do. Just to copy you. The old, the old yeah. I wish Luke Kennard um, did it. This one is for you, though. Which uh, player is getting the most love from fans in the arena? Who gets you know maybe the loudest cheer? Isaiah. Sure. Isaiah. Yeah. Can't really say I'm surprised. Isaiah. There. Yep. Killian's close, but Isaiah. Sadiq, though, because he goes off in LCA. Uh, but Isaiah, I would say. What kind of jersey slash merchandise ideas? Are you having I heart palpitations again? Oh. Sorry. You. What merch ideas would you guys give to Big Sean? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to say don't do the teal. I'll wear it. I people know this about me. I and you can you can tweet me all you want about it. I think the teal was dumb and I don't want it to be back. So don't do the teal. That's my advice. The teal is the only I want I I think the teal should come back. Um Yeah, that's about it. Bring the bring the teal back. I don't really want to talk to Big Sean for too long. <laughs> I'm just joking. Walk I hear he's all right, back. let me 
Everyone knows about my Big Sean jokes. I don't. I, I hear he's a nice guy, and I'm sure he is. Uh, you I and I have like agreed that if he, if he came out, that's it. I need to stop like making if jokes. If he came about out with a beat tape, it would his him like I need to stop making right. jokes that if aren't. If he came musical. out with a beat tape, it would win a Grammy. That dude, the yeah. the stuff that he the instrumentals that he puts out are wild. Um, from Jeffrey Cameron, I don't love this question, but I but I do <laughs> think I don't love it because I I hate that I'm a I. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be mean, but at what point is it one you can answer? Because I gotta grab. I'll food. go into it. Um, at what point do you consider trading for Shea Gilgis Alexander? Only 22 fits our current timeline of the players and could easily play with Killian. Or would you even want to consider this? What pick would the Thunder want from? Oh, at what pick? So at, at, at what pick in the draft? So I get it. So we would have to swap. Um, I don't think Oklahoma City is interested in this at all. Um, I don't know that you. If I'm if I'm the Pistons, I would trade any pick that's not one two three four five for Shea. See, I don't know that it's a. You can go, James. It's okay. You can go get your food. Um, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Go. You. I want to see how you do. If I I want to come back here and you're and you're okay. Still in your. Bed. I don't know that this is necessarily a um, an instance of whether or not Detroit would do it. I think this is a similar situation that we just talked about in terms of moving up in the draft where. If I'm Detroit, I'm looking at Oklahoma City, who has a general manager that's navigating a rebuild maybe as seamlessly um, as anybody ever has, right? And that's actually a question that we're going to go into right after this. The way that Sam Presti has been able to accumulate all these picks. Now, I, I think it's important not to give him his flowers yet because Danny Ainge did the same thing for half a decade, and it amounted to virtually nothing. I know they ended up with Tatum. I know they ended up with Jalen Brown. But the whole – I've – talked about it before they never did anything with their picks so um at some point for oklahoma city it feels like this is going to culminate to it's going to boil up and they're going to actually be kind of fun in a few years what i'm not going to do is trade the one guy that i actually got in exchange for one of my superstars from the clippers um and just kind of start from scratch again just for the sake of getting more picks it just doesn't feel like something um that would be in the cards do i like his fit in detroit Absolutely. Um, the guy can score like he can shoot the lights out, but um, I'm not really in the business of if I'm Sam Presti finally kind of starting to get it together. And then just because I have this um, addiction to draft capital restarting just for the sake of it. So that's what I'm going to say to that um, for this next question. I can't. Fi- there we go. Uh, Great job. Debate the top three current rebuilds. Now, this one could take a minute, so we don't have to dive too much into them. We, I, we're both going to put Detroit on there, right? Uh, I don't know for sure, for certain. I think unequivocally, Detroit's on mine. Oklahoma City for I, I, the reasons that I kind of just said, um, but it's a sort of wait and see thing. I think with Presty, um, I'm going to say a third one, and it's going to feel really Homer. But I, and it also is just going to sound wrong because they've it, they, it it appears that they're still moving laterally. I would say Sacramento. Oh my god. Um, I think you can throw the Knicks in there though. I think the Knicks are a perfectly acceptable and appropriate answer for this. Would you agree? I think the Knicks have a better case than Sacramento. Yes. I would, and I, I you know what, I wouldn't disagree with you. But I think Sacramento's a coach away from kind of getting out of this you know what i think if i'm trying to make a case for sacramento i think you know what might kill it and me just give it to the knicks is you got Bog- you lost bogdanovich for nothing 
you went from getting what DJ Wilson, um, Ersan Ilyasova, and Dante Divincenzo. I think there might have been a pick, but I think it might have just been those three players for Bogdan Bogdanovich. You got one good player and two guys that are on your roster for Bogdan Bogdanovich. That's not bad. Dante would have been a really strong building block for them. They went from that to they obviously wouldn't match, and he went to Atlanta. That is piss poor asset management, and for that alone, I'm out. Give it to the New York Knicks. Thunder, Knicks, Pistons, top three. Could you hear me chewing right then? No. Okay, good, because I backed away. Um, Thunder, I'm still on the Memphis bandwagon. Strong pick, yes. With with Ja, Jaron just came back tonight, and Desmond Bain has been really good. Xavier Tillman. They have a lot of good role players. Dylan Xavier Brooks. Tillman, DeAnthony Melton. Grayson Allen has been, I think I like it hurts all of us to say, Grayson Allen's been real good from three. He's an NBA player. Mm-hmm. Um, OKC, Memphis. I mean, Atlanta's interesting still. Like, they're not like they're they're on the upswing of their rebuild, but they have interesting pieces. Um, I mean, the Pistons jump in the conversation if they get a top three pick, but if they end up with seven or eight, I don't know if they're a top three rebuild. I'd have to think about it. Uh, but certainly, I think they're in the top five. Phoenix. Can we, <laughs> Phoenix worked. They were apparently, they've been a Chris Paul away all these years. Who would have thought? Just when the best point guard of all mm. time changes things. Yeah, it, with the last three teams that he's been on. Um, with players like Marvin Bagley, James Wiseman, Joel Embiid, Jaron Jackson, etc., being injured early in their career, are you worried about Isaiah Stewart getting injured in the next couple of years? And if so, what do you think the Pistons should do about it? I don't, I'm not going to uh preemptively assume what Detroit should do about a fictional injury <laughs> but um I I I, I cuz to me that just feels like well should they just trade them out no i mean what, what do all those guys have in it? common like i don't know it's nothing yeah. you could do bagley book still out on him his family is wild uh wiseman raw which shout out to the warriors for doing nothing for his confidence oh it's hilarious um, I don't have we ever seen an NBA team be this outspoken about like we really blew this one <laughs> really I don't I was six when we drafted Darko I don't know if it was within that first year that people were like wow we blew this super hard I don't know it I can't right say away. but what I can't gotcha okay I can say with great confidence that in, in my lifetime at least paying attention to basketball for this last decade I have not seen a team be this like oh my god we blew this the way that they have been with Wiseman um and I don't Joel think they Embiid, blew it. I just yeah. think that they put too much on him too soon. I think that's pretty much what they were getting to. Yeah, I guess. But if the big thing is, like, if you – James Kerr. Steve Kerr was like, this guy's really raw. Yeah. Yeah, he played three games in college, and then he was – right before that, he was fresh off of, like, an AAU tournament. <laughs> yeah. Would you, what did you think you were getting with him? Um, Jaron Jackson and Joel Embiid. Yeah, Joel Embiid, obviously, early on, we, you never knew if – if the wheels were going to get off the ground with him. But you're at a point in Joel Embiid's career where he's at a really comfortable cruising altitude. The pilot's telling you you can take your seatbelt off and move move around the cabin. Um, obviously, like that it's, it's worked really well. Yeah, it's worked really well for Joel Embiid. Um, Jaron Jackson, there is you know some stuff here and there that kind of... But ultimately, like those last two guys are proven to be pretty good. So on the Isaiah Stewart, what if he gets injured thing? I don't think... It's not a death sentence. You know, I know that... I know that 
right now us as Pistons fans, we sort of have this PTSD with these, you know, this last half decade of basketball where we have these rosters that can't stay healthy. Um, injuries do happen. Bumps and bruises do happen. So I don't know that there's anything that's going to happen with Isaiah. I know he plays super physically, but I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, there's just, I mean, there's just nothing you can do until it gets there. You hope you have the point of building a good team is if one man goes down, next man up. So you hope you have a, a reliable backup or whatever it is. Um, that's all you can do. Yeah. Looking ahead to next year. Do you think Frank Jackson and Corey Joseph make an ideal guard duo off the bench for an emerging team, or do they need an upgrade from those two? I, honest to goodness, cannot think of a better uh, backcourt on the second, the second, the uh, second unit. Corey Joseph and Frank Jackson—that is, that's perfect. That's all the playmaking and scoring that I want from a team that's kind of trying to be bad, but also trying to make something. You wouldn't happen. rather have Save it, Saban and like Hami or Saban and Josh? Uh, no. No, I would hmm the Saban point I think that's an interesting point. I I'm not mad at that as long as Frank's the two that's okay. Um as far as where Diallo is, I would just slot him at the 3. Is that okay? Can I do that? Yeah, you could. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's what I would do. Um I didn't even consider sliding him. I knew that I was leaving out Saban. Um if you want to put him in there that's fine. No, I think I think Corey Joseph is is stability. I don't think he does anything um, egregious ever. I know that he takes the ball out of a guy like Saban's hands or Killeen's hands, and people, that's, you know, how people feel about that. How dare you? Exactly. How dare you play the game of basketball? Um, no, I, I think that would be great. I'm sure they'll maybe go get some guys in free agency. It bothers me that Mamadi Diakite was offered a, or was assigned a multi year deal because now he's not going to be restricted. I was going to say offer him a bag, bring him to Detroit. Um, but so that's a little bit annoying, but it is what it is. Um, Sam Jane. Question from Sam Jane. James and Nick, favorite thing about watching the Pistons currently or the franchise as a whole? You don't know what's going to happen <laughs> night to night. Um, they could win by 30. They could lose by 30. Sadiq could go for 30. Jeremy could go for 30. Mm. Sadiq could go for zero. Isaiah could go for 18 and 20. Isaiah could go for six and eight. Killian could go for ten and ten. Yeah, Killian can go for two and four, um, which I enjoy covering the team. It just makes things interesting on a day to day basis. The last years I've covered, I could predict going into the game what was going to happen, how the outcome would go, and yeah, you could just it was the the last few iterations of this team are just predictable in so many ways. This team's not. I'm not. I can't even add anything to that. Truly, it was a great point. Uh, from Detroit Basketball, Dwayne Casey has talked about getting Jeremy Grant a running mate. Is that something you think they could make happen this summer, or that individual could be on this team right now? Let's put a bullet in the second one. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think they're on this team right now. Could be Sadiq. Could be Killian. We talked about it earlier. You just never know. Um, but I think what he's talking about a running mate, he's talking about uh, Cade Cunningham right. type. It's not. I don't think they're going to go get somebody in free agency. Not this summer. Maybe next summer if they don't get. Uh, Lottery luck. Yeah. Uh, even then, they'll still have the financials to do it. So, yeah, it won't be this summer. Well, you've long since said that, obviously, the, well, I say you, Troy, is the one that said it, but uh, you're the one that you reiterate it, that 2022 and 2023, those are the two free agency classes that Detroit has their eye on. So if it doesn't happen this offseason, stay patient. Let me just throw this out there. Let me pour a little bit of, let me pour a little bit of gas on the fire. Let me throw a little something in there. I wonder 
if a guy like Troy, who seems to be motivated in accelerating the process of a rebuild while also staying um, fiscally responsible and basketball-y responsible. um, Here we go. I wonder if he's like, free agency sucks. Maybe the draft went really well. Maybe now some guys on this team are a little more niche, maybe a little more expendable. Can we throw together a package to go get, I don't know, I can't think of a name right now, so I don't want to just throw one out there. But I wonder if things shape up in a way where something happens where we can get that guy this year. But I don't know that that would be enticing to them because I think the expectation is that they still want to be a little bit bad next year, but not this bad. Thoughts? Um, I think it all, again, depends on how the draft shakes out. But I do think they're slow burning it. I don't think there's going to be playoff expectations next year. Yeah. Um, I still don't think if they if they're in the in a position to go get a guy like you're talking about, I don't think they do it simply because I think they're gonna they like what they have here. I think he truly wants to build like an old school team where these guys grow in this city and the fans know who. They're going to see every night. They know what they're going to get every night. Sure. And I, I, I think you're going to see a little bit of an old school team building mentality under Troy in the sense that um, I think the hope is that a lot of these guys stay around for a long time. It's You don't see, you see a lot of movement now. I think the goal is to have these guys be a core for, for quite some time. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to wrap up here. We've got three more questions. One of them is from me. Perfect, because it's, it's almost the end of uh, – it's almost start of the third quarter, so that'd be perfect. So I can actually watch the game. Who is James getting a bucket on first, Boban or Ish? You're not scoring on Ish. You're. I'm sorry. Ish is winning eleven nothing. He's running circles around you. That's not a slight on you. It's Ish is that fast. Is it make it take it? Sure. If it's make it take it, I'm not scoring on either of them. I can't stop. Alternate Boban. possessions. Then who's getting a bucket first? Uh, Ish. Yeah, it's probably the easy answer there. Um, I'm not going to be able to get around or over Boban. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or ten duck-sized horses? This should be easy. Any answer that isn't ten duck-sized horses is wrong. I don't know, man. That's that's they can still bite. The no, listen. The if you, that's like ten puppies. It's that's like ten dogs attacking you, dude. No, I'm. They're getting. I mean, I'm. You could throw any amount at me. All of them. I'm taking all of them. Wait, is the the duck is? It's just this. It's like it's the, a horse. It's the size of a duck, though. Like it weighs as much as a horse too, or it just is the size weighs, of one. It is. It has the measurements of a duck. And but it doesn't weigh like a horse. No, it is just a horse. Give me the give me the duck one on one. Not about to have ten dogs. Like what are you? I'm, this is. These are ducks. My this legs is, are gone. This is. This is I, this is – I don't know if you're having a – from yesterday's national holiday, if you're having a little bit of a carryover from that, but you are out of your mind right now. I literally I, – you already know I don't smoke. And, two, I got my second shot yesterday. Oh, I did you? Chilling. How do you feel right now, 24 hours Good. Later. I had no symptoms other than a sore arm. Good. I was a little tired yeah. yesterday, but I, I think that could have been because I got up at 745 to get the shot. Sure. Um, we're going to do – instead of story time with James, we're going to sort of – I'm switch it up a little bit. You have two media members, one current player that you can go to dinner with. This is a two-part question. So the first part is name the two media members, name the player. Who are you going to dinner with? 
me, Rod, oh, and Fred Katz mm. go to dinner with Ish. Oh, that's cute. It would just be so much fun. I like that because usually people would go for the home run, you know, and say LeBron or something. And but now I'm, I, I want to know that I'm going to enjoy the dinner. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would I would thoroughly enjoy Fred and Ish have a relationship. Me and Rod have a relationship with Ish. Uh, me and Fred work together. Rod knows Fred. We yeah. all went to dinner before after. Like it would just be a good time. I was gonna say I, you were gonna be in mine, but sure, I'll just you can leave me out of yours. That's okay. No, I'm oh, not I'm a sorry. media guy. I'm kidding. I was gonna say me, you, me, you, and uh, uh, Luke Cornett. Uh, I would, I would stand you guys up. I'm you good. would stand I'm us up, my ass. I was gonna say it was you, Bomani, and uh, Chris Paul was the player. That would be fun. I'd like that. Yeah, that would be a I, that would be a blast. I don't know if I, I've never met Bomani. I don't think I've talked with him. I've never met him. The second part to this question is you have to tell a story that's gonna kind of ooh kind of impress them because obviously the guys that you're gonna be with, well, you probably you and Rod probably kind of have similar stories. But you have a story that you have to tell at this dinner that's going to impress. Is that a story that you can tell on the show, or have you already? Obviously uh, pertaining to the league. And this is at this fictional dinner? At this fictitious dinner. Uh, I would I would tell a story that I have not told on the pod. Is it because you But you, you know can't. the story. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm interested to know what it is. Um, anyways. All right. I'll let you go, James. What's the album? You've been you've been amazing. Oh, I can tell how how strenuous this has been on you to try to do everything at once. I appreciate. I hope everybody can understand uh, the the strenuous task that this has been for James. No, the, boo hoo me. I get to podcast with Nick and watch the Pistons <laughs> while my girlfriend brings me and makes me dinner. It's 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 a it's a luxurious. I life. want to add. Somebody did ask a question about this. Uh, somebody was like, "Hey, what do you think about the Pistons social team? They're amazing." Their, their Twitter is amazing. I tweeted this like a few weeks ago. I know uh, Zar did as well. Zar Turner was like, dude, their TikTok team is amazing. They're really good. Shout out to Tina. Um, she's great. And I was kind of like, is there an application? But uh, they also, they, they tweeted me. They, t- they tagged me in a little tweet today being like, where are you guys checking in, Pistons fans? And they put my picture in the tweet and they tagged me. And I was like, man. Oh, that's I awesome. love you guys. Uh, shout out to the Pistons social team. Um. I am readily available. James, album. Can you hear that squeaking? No. All right, good. Looks. Uh, I don't know what is going on next door. Lord have mercy. Um, what album do I want to pick? Is that what you're asking me? Yes. Is that what you're asking me? Yes. Huh? I'm gonna go with Makami, Wap Con Joge. Mm. I don't know how to say it. Mm. It's W A P space K O N N space J O J. Exclamation point. Uh, Makami is an underground rapper from New York. Uh, similar if you're into West Side Gun and Rock Marciano and Action Bronson. Lo-fi, grimy beats, dope raps. This is where the, this is why I was calling Hamadou Diallo Makami. Mm-hmm. It's from this rapper. Uh, yeah, so that album is called, again... Um, WAP W A P Con K O N N Joj J O J J 
exclamation. You know, I was in the shower earlier today, and I was thinking about our interview with Miles Bridges, and I was talking about to myself about you know some of the questions that I'm going to ask him, and I was trying to decide whether or not I was going to call you out. Do not give the people false hope. Sorry about a Miles interview, a Miles Bridges interview that may one day materialize. I don't know if I can get that. I can try. We know mutual people. You have to remember, your Miles is your age. Yeah, Miles is your age. I'm seven years older than you. I never, I was gone when Miles was in high school. Can we take just a minute? Um, I wanted to bring this up at the top of the show, but we can sign off with this. I know that usually after we do albums, but I, I think this is important. If you, I think it would be good for you to just maybe give a little something, um, if you if you feel comfortable doing so. Uh, yesterday was a pretty. I think important day for the. Of course, you would say that. Yesterday was four twenty, folks. I'm sorry, I'm talking about the verdict. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, so that's why I was like, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa. Okay, let's not do the joke right now. Um, it was a pretty important day for America. I don't think I'm in a position to quantify how big of a step that it was, but I think it was one nonetheless. I think, you know, we've joked about it on the show before that like. Um, it is kind of wild that like, if, you know, 30 years ago, like a white guy from Howell and a, and a black guy from Flint, like doing a show together, like, wow, you know, I put like a lot of stock into this relationship. I'm just curious to know sort of what that feeling was like for you to see that kind of what went through your head. Um, and if, you know, what it meant to you or, um, all I'll say is the justice system did its job and that shouldn't be applauded. It shouldn't have been. Okay. Uh, there was no question what happened. There was no doubt what it was. There was no. It shouldn't have been a worry to have the outcome that happened. Yet it was. Uh, people were. I understand, obviously, being happy with the outcome and um, celebrating the outcome. I get that. But that just shows where we're at in a, as a country that there was so much doubt that that outcome wouldn't, the lack wouldn't of manifest. Faith, yeah. And it was blinded. It was, it was what is it, blank as day? Um, that one sounds obvious. Clear as day. Clear as it day. It was clear as day what, what it was, what it should have been. Um, I'm glad the justice system worked. But um, we need to that needs to be that sh- i mean that should be the norm in those situations yeah. not the not the outlier we shouldn't have treated it like it was umbc beating virginia we should have treated it like it was virginia beating umbc of course it was, that happened it should have been signed sealed delivered what's your billy jean the girl's mind sealed and signed she's not my lover like billy jean but the yep. kid is mine sandy used to tell me all it takes is one time and all it took was yep. one time all it took was one time one time and both Rest times in peace, George Floyd. Absolutely. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. Leave a review if you are feeling generous. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace.